0: today to absorb what it is you, you need us to, to hear from you, and, uh, and we ask that you bless the rest of the morning in your son's precious name. Amen. All right, all right. Well, my name's uh, Anson. I'm uh, fortunate enough to be um, assistant pastor here at Wendover Hills, and so in just in case you're new with us today, um, or if you've only been coming here a couple of times, you see me running around on Sunday mornings, um, well, that's me. So, and if you are new today, um, don't be afraid to fill out a communication card, Um, Because we'd love to know ways we can pray for you, so if you want to put that on a card put that in the offering at the end, or take it to the back, we've got a gift for you. So if you want to do that today, that would be that would be awesome. All right, so I do want to share a little bit about my kids this morning. (laughs) All right, so I've got a daughter and a son, and they're about eleven years apart. So growing up, I got to spend you know a good part of their of their kid years with them. You know what I'm saying? The the from toddler on on through children before they get to preteen, and so like 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 all good dads, I want to play with them and have a lot of fun. So so of course I started doing this thing where you try to scare them, you know, you startle them, you know. So you start with like peekaboo, of course, and then and then you move on to um, hide and seek, and then um, have you ever played in the dark in the in the house? That that's a lot of fun. So that's really good. So and, and of course you get sometimes where you scare them. So bad, and they might cry a little bit, and well, you know I felt bad for a minute, but you know but anyways, as they grow up, what happens is they, they start to develop that skill because you 're doing it to them so many times, and so my daughter, she got older like uh, through high school and stuff, she got to where she would come in the house and sneak in and very deliberately hide, wait for me, and she would get me and she, she, she got me several times, and it was funny. So, um, and you'd think I would learn my lesson, so, but, but I didn't. So I did the same thing with Brayden. And so we would play, and, and it would be cute at first. You know that He would hide under the blankets, feet sticking out. He'd be giggling and stuff. But, but now he's, he's a master, so <laughs> he gets me all the time. And I think even one day, it was like three times, just out, out of the blue, I'm walking down the hallway I mean, it doesn't matter. I go looking for him in his room. He, he just... <laughs> he, I don't know if I'm old, can't see. I don't know what's going on. Um, but anyways, um, see, the Holy Spirit is a little bit like that. So he kind of works in your life. He sets up. And then, bam! Before you know it, he jumps out and he impacts your life. And maybe those around you. Was that too loud? Sorry about that. <laughs> so. All right, so... Um, we are um, working through the series, uh, Ghost Stories, which is talking about the Holy Spirit and how he works in your life. So if you didn't get a chance to hear last week's message, uh, I encourage you to do so. It's on the, on the website, so that would be great. Um, so if you would, let's all turn to uh, Acts chapter 4, if you do have your Bibles. And while you turn in there, I do want to set this up a little bit. Um, so last week, Tom spoke about the day of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit came like a, like a violent rushing wind and filled the disciples. You know, Church broke out. Peter gave a sermon. About 3,000 people came to know the Lord that day, which I think is pretty awesome. Well, one day after that, we're not sure exactly, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, but um, Peter and John are on their way to the temple, and they run across a man who's, who's asking for money at the gates called Beautiful. Now, this would have been typical at this time because while people were going to the temple— as if to gain some kind of religious merit, they would hand out a coin or two as they go up. I don't know if they wanted their friends to see them. I don't know how that, why that would be that way. But it would have been normal to see people asking for money on the way to the temple. So this man is there, and he's asking for money. Um, and we, we read in the Bible that he's been there every day asking for money. And it tells us he's about 40 years old, and he's crippled. And so if he's been there every day, even just in his adult life, that would have been over 9,000 days that he sat there, okay? Well, he sees Peter and John coming by, and he asks them for money, of course. So Peter stops, and he says, look at us. And I don't think he means to say, well, look at us, you know, we don't look like we have much money, do we, or anything like that. I think he's saying, pay attention to what I'm getting ready to tell you, because... This could change your life. And so he stops and he says, silver or gold I do not have. but What I do give you, what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. So what happens next is amazing, of course. Um, The Bible says his his feet and legs are strengthened. He jumps up, wouldn't you jump up? And he's walking and and he's praising God and he he goes up to the temple, and he, and he was walking around. He's praising God. And then when people start to gather, and they're wondering what's going on, who's this, this crazy man, you know, jumping around, walking, praising God. And I think they look a little closer, and they, in, in astonishment, they're going, wasn't he the man that was at the gates for, for 40 years? Wasn't he crippled? Didn't he, he not walk? So this creates a stir, of course. And so people start gathering. They, they, they want to join Peter and John, and, and they want to see the, the man that's, that's been healed. And so people gather, and, and Peter takes this opportunity to deliver another sermon. So he's, he's bold enough. So he, he gives a sermon, and more people are saved in Jesus' name. And so what I want to t- talk to you about is this is how the Holy Spirit speaks through us. Okay, and so, of course, Peter gives a sermon, people are gathered around, and the, the rulers and the, and the religious leaders, they don't like this one bit, well, they, they just thought they took care of Jesus, you know, this was not long after that, here's somebody else that is proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus, and they don't like this one bit, so they have him, they have them arrested, of course, and it's, it's later in the evening, so they have to be put in jail overnight, so they have to wait. So the next morning they convene a council, and they're gonna they're gonna try these men or, or talk to them. And this council would have been seventy people large. It would have been the elders of the of the area. It would have been religious leaders. It would have been teachers teachers of the law. And it even mentions a couple of specific names: Annas the high priest, Cephas, Caiaphas, John Alexander, and even relatives of the high priest. And that's that sounded odd to me. Why would you bring your cousin and stuff? But anyways, there's a lot of people. Um, so. These would have been the most influential people of that time. Probably a lot of pressure, um, probably a lot of um, wealth and power in that room. But we had to go through all that. I had to set this up for you because here's the impact. So look with me at uh, verse 8, Acts 4, verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers, elders of the people, You know, it was not that long ago he was even afraid to talk to a girl, a servant girl, about him knowing Jesus. But now look at him. He's talking to everybody. If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Now, this whole account that starts in chapter 3 and goes through 4 is pretty awesome to read. And I encourage you, you know, as you listen to... Um, last week's sermon, or if you if you want to read through Acts, the first four chapters, it, it's wonderful. But what we need to pay attention today is what what I want to share with you is how Jesus speaks through us. And so the phrase that I want us to, to to look at is then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, "It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that this man stands before you healed." That is so powerful that we need to realize that we have that same power, okay? Look at me in another verse, and uh, this, this will back it up. So Second Timothy seven. Um, so if you want to go there. Got a handkerchief this time. All right, so for the Spirit of God, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, self-discipline. Your translation may say fear, so the, so the spirit God gave us doesn't, doesn't give us fear. Well, fear and, and being timid, I think is the same thing because what happens is it stops us from pro- proclaiming our faith and sharing our faith, okay? Um, and we need to do this for the world, and, and for some reason, we, we think we're going to be rejected by society if we, if we proclaim this part of our lives, but but it's, it, it's a powerful part of our lives that we need to tell people about. So, because society can give you a lot, you know, friends, whatever, but, but Christ can give you so much more. And we need to be bold the way Peter was and shout this, okay? It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that he healed this man. I think I can stand here and tell you that. I think that's mine. It's by Jesus that he healed this man. But for you, it could be a little different. So in the name of Jesus Christ, maybe he took away your addiction. Maybe he helped you with your marriage. Maybe he restored your relationship with your kids or or family. If nothing else, maybe he saved a wretch like me. So, on the sermon notes, by the way, if you didn't get one, raise your hand. Sorry, um, I got Richard back there. He's got some extra in case you didn't get one. Andrew. <laughs> but on, on your sermon notes, I've got that line in there. It's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that, and then there's a blank. Well, that blank is for you, okay? This needs to be the truth that's in your life. This is, this is the truth that you're going to p- proclaim. This is the truth that you're going to tell the world. The truth that God saved you. That he restored you. That he gave you life. Whatever it is for you, that needs to be your proclamation. That needs to be how you reach the world. Right? That's your truth. Okay? So remember that. As I move on just a little bit. um, Let's all turn to Matthew chapter 19, verse... I'm sorry. Chapter 10, verse 19 through 20. So... Jesus told us earlier on that he was going to speak through us. So in, in, in Matthew, it tells us that, that he's going to send the 12 out. And he wants them to go um, talk to the lost sheep of Israel. And they're going to have the power to, to heal uh, and to cleanse, uh, drive out demons and all that. So in, in this passage, he's given them instructions. And part of this instruction includes this verse. So, but when they arrest you, do not worry about what you say or how you say it. Now, for us, not a lot of us are getting arrested these days for proclaiming our faith, and that's a good thing. But to be arrested, it, to me, it would, it would be almost like persecuted or, or made fun of or ridiculed or, or say you're weak because you, you have to believe in, in something to live your life. So that, that could be part of this arrested for us. So, um, so when they arrest you, don't worry about what you're going to say. Because at, at that time you will be given what to say, for it will, be, it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. See, the power of truth is in us. Remember the truth I was just talking about that, that belongs to you, that, that God has saved you through, Jesus has saved you through this? That's your truth. But that's the truth that's in us. So as believers, we have direct access Two, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us, lives in us. I stole that line from a song. If anybody recognized it, I thought it was good. It worked. No, I can't sing it. All right, so So we, we no longer have to live in fear and doubt because God's words and thoughts are true, okay? And isn't that what we need in our lives? Um, I need to know what's true in my life. I, I need to know what I can depend on. And what I can depend on is what Jesus does for me. He saves me. He cleans me. He restores me. That I can depend on. That's, that's my truth. And that's what I need. Now I can proclaim that because that's truth. So unless we allow Christ to speak through us, how is the world going to hear his beautiful voice and his beautiful gift of salvation if we're not telling the truth about our lives this is a, it's an old way of saying this and I've heard it a bunch of times but I think it's still the best way if you had the key to saving the world if you had the key to save your friends what if you had the key to save your family why would you not share it with them? Why would you not? That truth is in you. So the Holy Spirit speaks through us, and that's how he wants to. It's, it's with the truth that he puts in your heart. Okay? So the next thing I want to talk to you about is the Holy Spirit prays through us. Okay? So uh, if you want to, you can turn to Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 26, if you have your Bible. So um, when we seek the will of God through the Holy Spirit... He wants to pray on your behalf. He wants to help you seek the perfect will of God. So, you know, our prayer might be the wrong prayer. We might be praying, Oh God, help me to not get caught. You know, that that may not be the right thing, but that may be what you're thinking, because last week when you got caught, it was a mess, wouldn't it? But the Holy Spirit wants to speak to God directly on your behalf and Now the Holy Spirit might turn that around into, oh God, help me not do this again. Whatever it is. Whatever it is you're fighting against. So read this verse with me. Verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. See, I believe the the Holy Spirit also steps in when we think we can't take it anymore. Doesn't mean you sit back and do nothing, okay? But while you're praying and while you're seeking truth and while you're reading the Bible to know what it wants to tell you about your situation, I think the Holy Spirit wants to keep us up and encourage us. And, and it, it's, like, it's like lifting weights. And so Tom's got a little experience of that. So if you're lifting weight above your head. You're trying to stand there and hold it. You've got to balance that. Everything has to be right. Your wrists, I mean your stance, everything's got to be right for you to hold that up. Well, I think the Holy Spirit is there and he wants to hold part of it for us or he wants to help us keep balanced because he doesn't want us to fall. He wants us to, 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 to keep pushing and be successful at that. And so, I think he wants to help us with the weight of our burdens because they're tough. They can crush you sometimes. And sometimes when, when we think we can't take it and we're just emotionally drained and we can't find the words to say and all we can do is, is groan. And I think that's where the Holy Spirit steps in and he wants to pray for us and he takes those thoughts in our heart, and He takes them directly to God for us. That's how it's all connected. The Holy Spirit knows the will of God, and so He wants that for our lives. So I wanna read something from uh, Matthew chapter six, uh, verses six through eight, if you guys wanna go there, you don't have to, I think we got it up here. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. The Holy Spirit knows you. And He only wants the best for you. So even if you don't know what to pray... He does, and that's where he steps in. we got to be diligent to pray, too, though. That's, that's very important on this. And so um, it's funny that one of the greatest fears that we have is, as people is we don't want to be alone. But throughout this, throughout history, the Bible, and everything that Jesus is trying to tell us, he's trying to convince us That you are not alone. You are not alone. Why do we think this? The last part I want to talk to you about um, today is how the Holy Spirit works through us. So turn to to Luke um, chapter 4. We're going to look at 1 and 2. So um, I'm going to set this up a little bit for you as well. So... In chapter 3 of Luke, Jesus gets baptized. And it says that the Holy Spirit falls on Jesus in the form of a dove. Okay? And so, very shortly after this, we read in um, Luke 4 that Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days. Being tempted by the devil, he ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them was hungry. So Jesus was led by the Spirit for 40 days he, he fasted. okay, And this is where the devil comes out and he tempts him. So I don't know if he felt like this was a good time. Maybe Jesus was weak, but not at, not at all. I mean, this was from the Holy Spirit. This was to strengthen Jesus, I think so for for what was coming so, so of course the devil tempts him several ways and and we've we read this and if you haven't read it go through that it's, a, it's an awesome powerful um, account so of course he tempts him with his hunger at first and Jesus right away he knows the answer man shall not live on bread alone okay so that i, I think that was was talking about your your own flesh you know you, you don't have to this is you don't have to serve yourself so to speak and then he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and he says, I can give you this. I can give you all this. You just got to bow down and worship me. And Jesus says, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And what, I, what he knew to be important, Jesus right here, he, he could have accepted all that and the world would have been his and, and maybe he could have changed it from that side. But he knew if he took this shortcut. He wouldn't do everything else that God had called him to do with the cross that was already in place, and he wanted the will of his Father, so he's going to serve him only. And then the last time, he um, puts him on top of a, a tall place in Jerusalem and says, well, jump down, and the angels will come and save you. You know this. And he says, Jesus says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. I think he's telling me about faith. You have faith in your father. Why, why do you need to, to step off and, and test him like this? So keep your faith. So the Holy Spirit, I think, was preparing him for what was to come by taking him the, for 40 days and fasting and, and, and building him up so that when the devil did come, he would provide provision for him. So he knew what to say. He knew how to get through all that. Um, And so, if you let him, I think the Holy Spirit wants to work through you also. He wants to prepare you for what's to come in life. Because he knows you're going to be tempted. um, And he wants to provide you with God's provision. Strength, courage, boldness, victory, and abundant life. So you can... Be strong. You can be bold. You can let him speak through you when the time comes. You can let him pray through you when you need it. And then you can let him work through you. Um, I've got another verse that I want to talk about. It's not going to be on the screen. So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 through 16. So if you want to, if you want to turn there and look at that with me. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. See, God wants to do all this for us. He put all this in place for us because he loves us that much. Sometimes we, we find ourselves in that moment um, where there's some shame or guilt of something that we've done. Maybe something we're not, we're not proud of. Sometimes we find ourselves in that moment where the weight of the world, like we talked about earlier, is, is just so so heavy it's pressing down on us. Sometimes we find we're we're pleading with life just to give us a break because we don't know if we've got another tear to shed. But He is with you. And He's been with you. He's with you now. And He wants to give you that strength that courage, that boldness, that victory, and this abundant life that he has for us all. So if you think you're alone, you're not. He's been here. He's given you this church family to show you that love that he's here. We want to encourage you. We want to be there for you. And that's all through the Holy Spirit. So, I'm going to pray for us real quick. If if you are a believer with us today, I'm, I'm going to pray for for a refreshing of the Holy Spirit to, to come over in your lives and it's something that you would seek seek out for. If if you're not a believer or you don't know what to believe at this point, it's just like Tom talked about last week: repentance, baptism, and The Holy Spirit will fall on you. And if you need that, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to come forward. Don't be afraid to to ask somebody here, maybe on the way home, maybe at lunch you can say, hey, tell me a little more about this Holy Spirit. And if you're that friend that's getting asked that question, don't be afraid to share your truth. Don't be afraid to tell him where he brought you from. Because that's your truth, that's your story, that's, that's what you need to hold on to. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much for your Holy Spirit and we, we thank you that it guides us day by day and we thank you that it delivers us, keeps us strong, keeps us with confidence in you, gives us victory over those things in our lives that, that we couldn't handle on our own. And thank you that it gives us this abundant life that that you want for for your children, full of love and peace and joy. And Lord, today we ask you to come into our hearts and fill us with that Holy Spirit. Be there for us. Be that realness in our lives that when we proclaim your name and what you did for us, it will be so impactful that it just jumps out, impacts those lives around us, impacts us as we move through this life. The only Father, just be with us as we witness to people in our, in our lives, our family and our friends. Give us that, that boldness to proclaim that truth for your name's sake. And Lord, fill our hearts to seek you. So if there's a question about the reality of your salvation, that that we would ask that question and that we we would find out and we would want you to be revealed in our lives so that you can speak through us, pray through us, and work through us, and all this we ask in Your Son's precious name. Amen. Thank you, handsome. We give him a hand for. So if you're sitting here right